Well, hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 311, and today we're going to talk about how to earn extra money fast while still working a 9-to-5 J-O-B. That's right, a 9-to-5 job or an 8-to-6 job or a 12-to-7 job or 12-to-8 job, whatever your hours are. A lot of people email me or communicate with me and say, Scott, How do you do it when you're working a full-time job? Like, how do you start a business in general? I mean, private labeling or retail arb or whatever you're doing, like, how do you do it? And uh, it's a great question. And the thing is, right, there's, there's only 24 hours in a day. We all get the same amount of hours, but we have to figure out how to carve out some time within those hours so we can make it happen, right? So I've invited on an expert in what they call side hustle. And he has a podcast, they call themselves Side Hustle Nation, and uh, he's got a really, really great story and also some really great tips on a couple of different things. Number one, how to do it when you are working full-time, actually how to get out there and make time. But the other thing is, is he's gonna give us three or four different ideas of some of his guests that have been pretty successful doing side hustles, meaning what have they done to raise some money within their business while working nine to five. And I thought that that would be a good topic because a lot of people ask me, Scott, how do I get started and just raise some capital, raise some money so I don't have to maybe borrow money? I wanna just see if this thing's even gonna work. I wanna get my feet wet. So I said, you know what? Let's go ahead and have Nick on and he can give us like maybe three or four, or maybe I think he might even give him five different different side hustles that people have done to earn some revenue to get themselves started. Now, before we do jump into today's interview, which I'm very, very excited to share with you, as you can tell, what I did want to say, and this was actually like perfect timing, because uh, there's something that we've been working on behind the scenes. Because like I said, I get a lot of people that say, Scott, I just want to get started, but I'm I'm a little afraid of getting started. I don't want to pick that dud of a product, and I want to learn Amazon. I just don't know if I want to go and shell out five or or $10,000 to get started as far as inventory. Like, what can I do? So I started to talk to my friend, Dom Sugar. You guys probably have heard of him, and he's a retail ARB master, ninja. He's been doing it for 15 uh, plus years, and what we decided to do is we decided to do a beta group of 50 people only. And this is what we're calling the 1K Fast Track. And basically what it is, is it's for you to be able to go out there literally the next day after the first week's training and start to find product in your local stores, buy them low, sell them high, and instantly start to make some cash back. Like that is the gist of it, I mean, in a nutshell. But what this will do is it will allow you to understand the process. It'll also get you to start earning some revenue and start putting that revenue maybe back into more retail arb or maybe back into a private label product. So it's a way for us to get you started and also to start seeing some results almost instantly once you get things listed. And like I said, Dom Sugar is a master at this. He knows the industry inside and out. He knows markets. He knows categories. He knows what to sell, what not to sell, when to sell it, when not to sell it, all of that stuff. And the way it's going to work is we're going to take these 50 people each week through the process. And we're planning on it being about a five to a six week 
program. So you're going to be able to go through each week and then you're set out to go do the work, but you're also able to come back the following week and say, Hey, I've got some issues here, or I've got some questions and then we can answer them live. But also during the week, we're going to have a Facebook group just for this, just for these 50 right now. And uh, this way here, you can kind of submit stuff live and then get feedback. Dom will be there monitoring. So you'll be able to get his feedback. So again, we decided to do this for the people that are stuck. They want to get started. They want to start earning a little bit of money and they also want to see if this selling on Amazon thing is for them without shelling out a ton of money. So if that interests you, definitely head over to 1kfasttrack.com and you'll get all the details there. You can get on the early list and be notified when we open, if we have already closed, you can just learn all of the details on this. But let me just say, this here, again, is called the 1K Fast Track because it's our way of getting you started and getting you to that 1K, that $1,000. That is the goal of this program. So I'm going to stop talking about this. We can listen to today's guest, Nick Loper, and he's actually going to give us some examples of this side hustle of what we just kind of discussed. You're going to see it in real time, and you're also going to learn how to earn that extra money, but also while doing or working a nine to five job. So enjoy the show with Nick Loper. Well, hey, Nick, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. What's up, man? How you doing? Uh, doing great, Scott. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, I'm excited to have you. Uh, I've been, uh, I've listened to your show probably for the past year, year and a half, uh, and uh, I think it's interesting that you've uh, kind of went out there and uh, and really found people that are doing this thing we call a side hustle and uh, and being able to do it while you still have a nine to five. Now, you know, my audience is is really people that are in a nine to five primarily, or well, maybe they're 11 to seven, who knows, but you you get what I'm saying, right? So, uh, you know, I definitely think you having like this podcast that is really devoted to that, this, the side hustle really is going to help people and just even give some ideas on what people can do to even manage their time while working a nine to five. Cause I know you have some expertise in that as well. So before we get rocking and rolling here, why don't you tell everyone a little bit about Nick and, uh, and where you kind of come from? Well, I'm, I'm flattered by that. Thank you for tuning in. It's, yeah. it's a ton of fun to put the show together and, and happy that people are, are out there listening. So a little bit about me. Um, I'm a West Coast kid, grew up in Seattle, spent a little bit of time in, um, in Virginia and in Georgia before circling back to California, where we've been for the last 10 years. Um, I've married my high school sweetheart, and I've been working online uh, since 04 and uh, full-time since 08. Uh, my original side hustle, the the vehicle that let me quit my job was a comparison shopping site for footwear called oh, wow. ShoeSniper.com. A pretty random business, but had a lot of fun um, selling shoes for Zappos and Amazon and, and all these other retailers for, for a long time. Wow. So was that, that was strictly affiliates? That was on an affiliate model. Okay. So you basically built a website, re- kind of reviewed shoes or compared shoes, and then people would find you through SEO and then once they click through and walk through your link, you'd get paid a commission, something like that. Yeah. Sadly, never got a lot of SEO love. No, <laughs> very, really? Very heavily dependent on uh, on AdWords traffic. And that's ultimately kind of what led to the the demise of the site. It was just kind of a slow, painful shrinking of the margins. And as cost per clicks went up and as the retailers kind of put the squeeze on some of the commission rates they were offering, even at a high performer level, 
it, you know, eventually got narrower and narrower and narrower. And like, you know, at a certain point, some months, like my VA would make more than me. It's like, this is not, this is not sustainable. <laughs> so, um, but during that time, like during the time I was running the shoe business was when I started, you know, half a dozen other side projects. And most of those flopped, um, not, I won't even say spectacularly cause they just like fizzled in like a <laughs> tiny dark corner of the internet. <laughs> okay. And, but a couple of the projects that stuck around, one was the side hustle nation brand and, uh, and podcast and just has been a cool creative outlet for me to report back on, you know, here's the marketing stuff that I'm working on. Here's the entrepreneur stuff, entrepreneurship stuff that's going on in my life. Plus through the podcast, especially reaching out to all these other successful people. And some of them have taken their side hustles full time and others are saying, Hey, I love my job. I don't ever plan on leaving, but here's still something that I can do in my free time to exercise my creativity, make some extra money or whatever it may be. Yeah. You know, the, the thing I like about your show is it is kind of random in a sense. Uh, and you're going to basically, you know, pick people that are maybe interested in, in, you know, maybe Pinterest, or maybe it's someone that's, you know, interested in YouTube or something like that. So it is kind of random, but it still all boils down to someone wanting to work for themselves, whether it's part-time or full-time. And then to me, it gives them ideas of things that they can do, whether it's to get some capital quickly and then reinvest that into something else. Uh, or if it's just to kind of get your feet wet in this, in this business. So that, that's what I really like about it. Have you found though, that you get a really, uh, I guess a mix in your audience because there is so many different topics. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It's pretty broad. You know, if somebody, you know, there's episodes on freelancing, there's episodes on real estate investing, there's episodes on Amazon FBA. There's, it's, it's really all over the map app development software and it's it's tough for me because it really fuels my own entrepreneurial ADD. Mm. And I the bad I know the I know I've got a hit episode when I hang up being like I could totally do that I should totally do that. <laughs> and then, you know, the, the distraction bells start going off and and it's and it's a ton of fun. Yeah, yeah that is a, exactly that distraction bell, right? I mean, as entrepreneurs, I think we all struggle with that, and uh, it's it's not easy because you know once you kind of learn the skills of kind of like how everything kind of put is kind of built and put together, at least for me, like the building blocks, it's kind of like then when you hear someone doing something, you're like, okay, well, that's, I would just have to adapt that to over here. Like you doing your, your affiliate site through for Zappos and this, that, and the other thing you could do that somewhere else. It doesn't mean it just has to be for that. So you know how that all works. Um, but you know, again, it's time, right? It's, it's that time. Uh, okay. So what I do want to talk about, because I know that you've done, how many episodes have you done so far? 211. 211 episodes. That's a lot of episodes. I know the work that goes into them. And, uh, you know, I tip my hat to you, my man. It's, uh, it's, it's a lot of work, but it's also a lot of fun. But you, you've probably learned a lot through all of those interviews or just the solo uh, podcasts that you've done. And through that time, even just listening to your audience, I want to dig into that because I kind of want to figure out like these people, and again, there's people in my audience, your audience that are struggling with this because they want to get started, but they have that one, that one, I guess, thing in their way, which is time, right? I only have, you know, I work nine to five or I work an eight hour, you know, a day job or an eight hour a day job. So how do I fit this into my schedule? And to me, it's a lot of times it's excuses, but what are you finding from people that are doing a side hustle? What are they doing to actually be able to do the side hustle or to be able to, to get this into their schedule? 
Yeah, you bet. Time is one of the big three that I hear. It's time, money, and ideas. You know, how come I'm not starting my business? Well, it's one of those three usually. Mm. Um, on the time front, it, okay, so I'll share kind of, you know, what my day looked like while I was building my side business. It okay. was, you know, come home from work, you know, got off around 5 or 5.30, you go to the gym, make dinner, clean up. And then like from 7 to 10 was side hustle time. And I had the advantage of being a young kid, no family at that time, long distance relationship. And that, you know, I was able to get a lot of stuff done. And then, you know, it'd be one day on the weekend and then one day to go out and have fun. The that's that's like an ideal situation, right? We're trying to build a business and that's probably not realistic for everybody else. So, um, the, the most important thing to remember is, you know, we're all dealt the same 24 hours in the day and that's, that's not going to change. That's kind of like the universal equalizer. And actually today's episode of the show is not about how to build a side hustle at all. It's about how to get more energy. So it's like, Mm. you're not going to get more hours in your day, but at least maybe you can get more energy in your hours, right? And increase that output, increase the motivation and, um, and your health to get that stuff done. Um, what's been effective for me is just like time blocking on the calendar, like Mm. making an appointment with yourself saying like, this is my time. Even if it's five minutes, this comes from my brother. He's, um, he's a tutor and he's trying to, you know, become a tutor, like a freelance tutor and like do coaching and stuff on the side. He's like, I'm going to spend five minutes. I don't care if I worked all day, five minutes before I go to bed, I'm going to work on my website. I'm going to do something proactive for my business. And of course, and he's got a little like visual chart on the wall that says, I'm going to check this box. It says I invested that five minutes. And he's like, of course, once you get going, you know, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, half an hour, like, but it's like daily consistent progress. I think that has really helped him and, and has helped me and kind of you know, the, the podcast is a good example. Like it takes more than five minutes to produce, but like putting it out week after week after week kind of compounds and you start to see that result, even if in the moment it's like, what am I possibly going to get done in five minutes? Yeah, that's huge. Uh, and I think because you said five minutes, I'm thinking to myself, okay, what are you going to get done in five minutes? But like what you said after that, usually that five minutes leads into 30 minutes or more. I don't know how many, I mean, how many times I've sat at the computer and I said, I'm going to sit down only for an hour. And I look up at the clock, I go, all right, just 20 more minutes. That's it. And then I look at it again. I go, okay, just maybe 20 more. And before you know it, I've been three hours in, um, because I got into sound. Yeah. You pounded out, you know, 3000 word post or yeah, something, something. Like you feel great, right? Yeah. You, you feel really good, but it was saying to yourself, I'm only committing to five minutes, but you know, yeah. if you sit down, you've gotten there, it's almost like getting to the gym. If I can just get to the gym, if I could just at least put my tennis shoes on or whatever, right. I could actually be that much closer. And it's going to motivate me to want to do it. Um, I'm recently just, just now, I mean, I've been in and out of shape for, I mean, I'm not a heavy guy or nothing, but I've been, you know, very, very healthy and very, you know, physically fit. And then I've been, you know, like, you know, not so much. And then I get back in and it's like, I always kind of go back like, why, why is it, you know, hard for me to get back in? And a lot of times, cause I don't have that. I don't have that, that thing that says you have to get up at this time and you don't have to. So if you can structure that into your, into your routine, like you said, it's going to just get you started. And I, I love it. I think, I mean, I'm sure you've read the compound effect. It's, it's right here in front of us. What you just said, it's basically just those little things will add up over time. And I think that's, that's really, really huge. So once that you do sit down, I guess this is the next question. How important do you think it is to actually have what you want to work on? <laughs> because we can sit down there and look at a blank screen and then you're like, okay, now what do I do? Uh, you know what I mean? Like, so what's the strategy to getting some stuff done? I guess would be my next question. So I'm, I make an effort and I'm, I think I'm getting better at this to kind of itemize my top three priorities the night before. So I know immediately what 
I said what yesterday's Nick said was important to do, you know, first thing. <laughs> right. And and then that kind of eliminates that. Well, you know, and then you check Facebook and then before you know it, your time is gone. Gone. Um, yeah. Trying to get better about doing that. My friend uh, Julie, she hosts a podcast called Time Hackers and I think it's timehackers.io. She kind of described it as like, you know, the professor standing in front of the room with the, the jar full of rocks and being like, hey, class, this jar is full, right? Mm. And everyone says yes. And then he pours in the pebbles and, you know, is it full now? And of course they say yes. And then he pours in the sand and it's like, what about now? And then he pours in the water. And she kind of um, described the, the, you know, the rocks, the boulders, like those are our obligations. They take up big chunks of time, sleep, family, work, and, you know, they're not going anywhere. And but it's like the, the the magic is in those pebbles and the sand and the water where you can kind of fill in those gaps. And what she went even a step further is like, you know, in itemizing her priorities for the day, it was like, OK, which one of these is like a sand task or which one of these is like a water task? Like if I find myself, you know, commuting, I've got half an hour to commute or if I got, you know, 10 minutes before my next meeting, like which one of these can I fill in in that gap? And, you know, trying to be even more strategic about that versus like. I mean, you can get anything done if you're staring at a four hour block of time. But yeah, yeah. That's not not always how how the day is presented to us. Yeah, no, it's yeah, that makes that makes a lot of a lot of sense, uh, because like you said, you, you kind of have to know what you're going to do when you sit down. And I, I love that the night before I've been really trying to do this myself. Um, I mean, I have a 100 things I could be doing, um, but it's like, what are the three things that I know that I can get done the next day and that are pressing too that have to get done? There's some things that have to get done. It's funny. I just did a podcast episode and I I usually kind of throw something out there as far as like a word to think about or a saying or something. And this one here was really simple. It was just like finish, right? So by finishing or, or creating something that you have to start and then finish, you got to have a start point and an end point. And a lot of times people don't think of it that way. But if there's a certain task that we're doing, at least this is how I look at it is, okay, what's the steps that's going to take me to get from point A to point B? And it could be just that small task for us. Like, let's say it's product research, right? So it's going to be like, all right, I'm going to give myself this week and, and I'm going to do an hour a day for the entire, you know, every day. So that's what I'm doing when I sit down and it's mapped out, right? So when I get sit down, I know that's what I'm doing. I'm not going to go to Facebook. I'm not going to go maybe write a blog post. I'm going to only do that task. And uh, I think the thing is, is that we have so many things that we know that we want to do or that we should do that we get paralyzed. Uh, and that's really, it's hard. It, it is hard. The, uh, the, do you ever do, this is kind of dumb, but like, do you ever do like time tracking? Experiments oh, yeah. Exercises? <laughs> yeah, I do. So this is like, you know, something that I've found to be effective when, especially after a period of like, what did I get done this week? You know, you, <laughs> I've done you, it. Like, I've asked look, myself that same yeah, thing. You look back, you're like, what happened? And then, yeah. so I, I mean, you can use a tool like Toggle is T-O-G-G-L and they probably have a, a desktop and a mobile app. Um, but I've just done this like in Excel, um, you know, start work, start time, you know, what I'm working on and then end time. And I found it totally gamifies it for me. It's like, you spent 35 minutes on email or, you know, you mm. spent, it's just, it kind of, so it tricks your brain to being like, no, that, that possibly can't take that long. Um, and at the end of this, what's kind of cool after you do this for a couple of weeks, now you have, um, kind of a ledger of where your time is going, you know, and you can go through the Tim Ferriss, you know, automate, delegate and uh, eliminate framework. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. like, what do I really need to do? And where might they be? Or where might there be some opportunities to offload this to somebody else? If it's something that still needs to get done, but doesn't necessarily require my direct input. 
Yeah. I, I Again, I think like you said, you gamify it, right? You, you can kind of make this thing where, you know, things have, uh, you know, they have checks and balances. It's like kind of like where you kind of put it all down on paper. So a lot of people don't want to do this. It's almost like doing an audit of your finances. Like no one really wants to do that because they don't want to really know where they are, <laughs> right? They just know that I got to I gotta make more money, right? Uh, but once you have yeah. that clear and path. Audit, yeah, audit is scary. <laughs> it is. I mean, the word is scary, right? I mean, if you get an audit for the IRS, all of a sudden, boom, you know, you're going to go to jail or something, right? But it's like you, you do have to think about it like that. And I think you have to do an inventory and you have to kind of see where you're at in wherever you are in the process. But I think doing that with your day, you'll be amazed at how many times you were just looking at your phone when you didn't need to be, right? I mean, I still catch myself doing that. I'm like, what am I doing? Like, why? I don't need to go check, you know, Facebook on my mobile when I just sat down and I was just on it on the computer. I just happened to do it. It's almost like a habit now. Uh, yes. You know what I mean? So we start to form these bad habits because it's just we don't want to be, I guess, staring at at uh, you know the the trees anymore, which is kind of it's, it's kind of sad uh, because we we just want to be consumed with with what's happening. We don't want to miss out on what's happening, but I love that. And anyone listening, like definitely do that. And it doesn't have to be with an app. I mean, you can use an app. Um, I use that. There's a one that's popular. I forget what the name of it is. They usually send me a, a thing. Uh, I haven't looked at it in forever, but I was using it, but I found that again, I think pen and paper is better for me personally, because then I can kind of keep a hard copy of it. And it makes me kind of almost know what's going on throughout the day. Um, but I would say anyone listening, definitely just take a, take a, uh, you know, a piece of paper or a spreadsheet and just be conscious about what you're doing and then write it down. If you start, you know, your email at a certain time, mark and see how long, how long have you been on to an email? Uh, how long have you been working on that blog post or how long have you been working on product research or, or, uh, you know, anything throughout the day, even at your job, right? Like your, your lunch hour. I mean, some people have more flexible jobs than others, right? And I know some people say, well, how do I find time? Well, sometimes you get an hour and a half for lunch. I mean, depending on where you work, you get an hour, but I know people that have taken an hour and a half. They don't have any boss breathing down their neck. Well, you got an hour and a half there, right? Yep. Um, so, okay. So, and again, I didn't know that we were going to go hundred percent into this, into this uh, time management and kind of this. I love it though. I love this stuff. Um, it's, I, fun. it's fun. Yeah, it is fun. I mean, cause I think we all are going to be battling this because we always have things pulling at us in different directions, but really for the person that is again, thinking to themselves, you know, I just don't have enough time to put into my, my side hustle. What would you say to that person? Like, you know, again, they, they have the same amount of hours that you do. Um, I know me personally, and some people could say, well, you know, some people are single and I'm a, when I started like my businesses, uh, even going all the way back to when I was, uh, let's see, out of my father's business, I was probably 26, 27. I had two kids at the time, young, uh, you know, working, you know, 60 plus hours a week, you know? So when I hear people say that, I just say, uh, you're not, you're not, you're not going to tell me what, uh, you know, what I, what, what you think I want to hear because it's, it's not going to, it's not going to add up. I'm, I've been there and I've done it and I've worked through, uh, when I was working a ton of hours, but what do you, what would you say to that person? That's like, you know, I've got two kids and, you know, I just, I, I work, you know, whatever, even 10 hour days, uh, you know, what would you say to that person? Yeah. It's, I mean, it, it's a universal struggle. I mean, i even as a full-time entrepreneur, I still wish there were more hours in the day. So I don't think, of course, you know, the grass is always greener. So there's, there's that struggle too. And I don't want to go, you know, the Gary Vee route of, well, just, you know, get up at 4 a.m. and hustle. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's, there's a reason why sleep is, you know, biologically required too. Yes. Um, 
but what I've in, so this is for me personally, what I've tried to get better at is just being honest with myself instead of saying I didn't have the time saying I prioritized something else, mm. which is, which is a hundred percent true. And Hey, whether I prioritized work and family ahead, like that's a hundred, like that's totally fine. Mm. But just be honest with yourself. Say I prioritized something else instead of, I didn't have the time. Yeah, no, I love that. And I mean, I love Gary Vee, but I, again, I'm not, that's not me. I'm not going to sacrifice, uh, let's say family time because I want to build the business. I mean, there's a balance there. Um, I'm all about my family. That's why I built my online business and my, you know, it's a lifestyle business for me, but again, you know, different strokes for different folks. But for me, you can still hustle and you can still build that into your day. It just doesn't have to, uh, it just doesn't have to be like pound, pound, pound every single hour of the day. Um, okay. So that was awesome. I think, uh, I think it's uh, things that we all need to to continue to think about, but anyone that's listening, that's thinking to themselves that they, they feel like they're, they're in that space. Again, just go through your day of what you're doing now and see where you can plug something else in. And again, I always go back to, if you want it bad enough, if there's a, a big enough pain point that you want it, like why, again, we go back to the why, which we've talked about thousands of times in all different, uh, arenas out there. It's like, yes, that, that, that is true. You have to understand that, but maybe your why just isn't strong enough to, you know, for the reasons why you want to build your side hustle or just your business online. Um, so you have to kind of start there and kind of see why you're doing what you're doing. And is if that, is that, uh, important enough? Um, okay. So moving on, cause I do want to dig into some of these side hustles that you've kind of come across now that, uh, you know, you've had this, this pretty successful podcast with thousands of listeners and you've interviewed some amazing guests and you've seen people where they started with nothing and they built these side hustles and you were able to track them. Um, can we kind of dig into some of those that might kind of come to mind for you? Because people out there right now are thinking to themselves like, okay, they're listening to my podcast and, and you know they want to build like an Amazon business or an eBay business or just an online business in general, but I don't have enough capital to get started and I want to just raise some initial capital so I can maybe then go down that route. Can we dig into something? Do you have any, any cool out of the box kind of side hustle ideas you want to share? You bet. I'll, I'll, let me dig into the archives and see which one's going to come to mind. There are uh, a handful that you know, I, I know it's a great episode. Like when I hang up saying, okay, I could do that. Yeah. Okay. So for the, you know, the amazing seller audience, you know, you guys are familiar with eBay. One of the fastest ways that I've seen people multiply their money is this buy low, sell high business model. Mm. Right. And it's, you could do it at scale, right. If you're importing from China or you could do it, you know, not at scale, you know, just finding stuff. I met a guy who calls himself the flea market flipper and he is in Orlando, Florida. You can find him every weekend at the Orlando flea market, um, looking for, in his words, the odd items. Mm. And you can invest as little or as much as you want into this business, but you can find, you know, this weird stuff. It's like this arbitrage place. He He told me the story of finding a prosthetic leg for 30 or 40 bucks and flipping it on eBay the next day for a thousand bucks. That's crazy about, you know, finding these, um, like high end or not high end, but just like very specialized use, like exercise bikes that were like from some physical therapy office, you know, they were liquidating them for, you know, two, 300 bucks, turned around and sold it for 2000 bucks. And, you know, I've met people doing the same thing on eBay with phones. I've met people doing the same thing on Craigslist with like appliances and, it's, it's the same thing you know, buy low, sell high, try and figure out where can I, um, where can I find some margin today? The, mm. the Craigslist seller that I met actually makes a full-time living, supports his family, just buying and selling stuff 
on Craigslist and how he said he got started. Hey, look, I'm 20 grand in debt. My goal is to find $50 a day, $100 a day worth of profitable items. And that's how he set it up. It was just like that one mental thing. Like that's my goal for the day. If I can get more, you know, great. But if I, you know, that's, that's what I'm shooting for. I love that. That's great. So so I like that model. Um, Another one that kind of comes to mind specific for, um, for your audience is the product licensing model. Because this is very, very inexpensive to start. I mean, you can file a provisional patent for, I think, less than $100. But if you're going through the trouble of, you know, private labeling something or like making a tweak to an existing product, you're an inventor, an inventor, essentially. And instead of, you know, investing all the capital to, you know, have that thing manufactured and shipped halfway around the world, um, the gentleman I talked to, Stephen Key, about this runs a company called InventRight. He made the argument, like, look, why don't you license that to a company that already has the manufacturing capacity, already has the distribution in place, already has this marketing machine in place, and just take a cut. Like a common licensing deal could be 3 to 5%. And, you know, if they sell millions of dollars worth of this product over the next 10 years, like, and you didn't have to work at all. Like, all you had to do was pitch that to them. So I think that one mm. was a really interesting That is. That's angle. a great idea. Yeah, I mean, you hear that on Shark Tank a lot, right? They they, they want to do, a, or, well, Mr. Wonderful wants to do the licensing deal all the time. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Like, I mean, yeah, I mean, if you could do that. But I, I never really thought of it when you make those slight tweaks to it that technically uh, you could you could file for a patent on that. That's a, that's a great idea. It's a great idea. Yeah, what was the example? One of the ones that he gave was an idea of like a, a window on a medicine bottle. So you could have like more information on it, like a rotating oh, sleeve okay. basically. Yeah. yeah. He had another one that was like a Michael Jordan, like basketball hoop, like a, like a Nerf basketball hoop or something like just you know, random stuff, but you know, finding a company out there that, that already has that capacity to, to do it. Yeah. Um, okay. Those, those are the two that come to mind. Um, see what else have we got it's funny it's it's funny i uh go going back to the ebay right and uh you know and i you know i tell people all the time like listen i mean if you don't have any money to get started you probably have stuff in your house you could probably just unload on ebay i mean ebay is everybody says ebay is dead ebay is not dead it's still there (laughs) there's still people selling you know thousands if not millions of dollars a year through ebay uh and uh it was a a funny story back when i was just starting i I told this story on my show before but i'll tell it again is i basically Basically, my wife and I, uh, we found these wooden bridges, these little four-foot cedar bridges uh, at the Christmas tree shop, which if I don't know if you're familiar with that, but that's more of maybe an East Coast place. But basically, it's a store. They're open all year round, and they have all of these different types of products. And my wife had seen that they were selling for like 25 bucks there, but they were selling on eBay for like I think 120 bucks at the time. And Whoa. so we went, we, we filled our van. We had, at the time, we had a minivan. I got the kids, right? We, we loaded in like 20 bridges and we brought them home. We listed them all and we sold them all out. And it actually put money, um, that, that put money towards our, our kids' tuition at the time. We were sending them to a private school. So yeah. it was like, it was like, and that, again, that was like uh, an aha moment for me. I'm like, holy crap, like I can just buy stuff and then just resell it. It's not even my pri-. like. So I, I had my taste of kind of like, that wasn't private labeling. It was more or less, like he said, flipping uh, product. Uh, but uh, yeah, and, and we, we've done it for, for uh, other things as well. I mean, small little trinkety things. Um, but, you know, it's work. But again, if you're thinking to yourself, like, what can I do to get started right now? That's one thing that doesn't require a lot of capital. And I love the mindset of, I'm going to go find something today that I can make 50 bucks profit total on 
you know, what I can, what I can find. I love that because it's, it's a, again, it's a target, right? Um, so we have something we can go out and, and try to find. That's really, yeah. really good. The, the, the flea market flipper guy said he was getting his wife into the business and she was like specializing in baby clothes. And he told me like she, she refuses to spend more than $3 on an item. Right. So it's like, it can be very, very low investment and just a way to multiply that cash a little bit faster. Yeah. Grow. I'm going to have to get in touch with him. You'll have to put me in grow. touch with him. Yeah. That, that'd be cool. I love that. The, the flea market flipper. <laughs> I yeah, love it. Definitely. I think he, he might be a good, a good guest for you too. So those are kind of a two, two different ways to go about the, the product model or kind of, you know, using physical products. Um, the third way on the kind of the physical product side is actually a print on demand model where, you know, you don't have, you don't have to hold any inventory. And yes. so I'm my most familiar with this from the world of self-publishing, from the world of Kindle books, using CreateSpace to, you know, ha- and it's, you know, prime eligible. It's crazy. You know, they'll print your book for you and ship it out, you know, not holding inventory on that stuff. Um, Merch by Amazon really hot right now. It's kind of an invite only holding pattern. But there are a couple others that I think are cool. One is called Redbubble and the other is called Zazzle, where if you got some design chops and even if you don't, like if you have an interesting idea to put it up for sale on there. So I met a gal for um, my recent book called Buy Buttons who was a Zazzle seller and she was doing like um, wedding invitation, bridal shower invitations and stuff. And she, she raised this point, like if you Google wedding shower invitations, you know, Zazzle is on page one. Mm. But if I was trying to build my own brand, you know, to do this, then, you know, I would be just, you know, it would be a much, much harder, um, you know, market to crack. Sure, sure. It's like, here's this marketplace that already has a built in audience of buyers um, that she was able to take advantage of. And it's all print on demand. So she's just uploading digital designs. You do the same thing on Etsy and uh, Redbubble was the other one that I mentioned. And now Teespring pending is coming to merch by Amazon as well. So another interesting angle to to play around with. I don't know. Everybody, everybody's got like a t-shirt idea, you know, so that's kind of one that I'm looking forward to playing around with. Yeah, no. And it's funny because we've, uh, we, we've heard, uh, we've been hearing more about merch, uh, and, uh, definitely interested in that. And I've actually already put in, uh, requests on three of my brands and, uh, trying to, <laughs> trying to get approved because I think that will be, uh, that'll be really fun. And I, I, I can't wait to report back to our audience and see, you know, how we've done and kind of maybe, uh, you know, share what we're doing, but then also learn from other people what they're doing. I think it's a great opportunity, but as, as you know, people are listening, I mean, there's, there's a ton of different ideas, a ton of different angles. There's, there's no, I guess, uh, you know, uh, lack of, uh, of ideas and, and things that you can do. It's a matter of picking something and then, and then running with it. And I know that's easier said than done. Um, but there's tons of opportunity out there. And I think one of the easiest ones right now, like you said, would be to buy product low and sell high on eBay. I think that would be like the easiest thing someone could do, like rate this second, like they could li- stop listening to us and they can go do that. It's like, literally that simple. Um, so, all right, th- this has been, this has been awesome. I mean, we've got into a, uh, a lot of different things here, but I re- think the, they're important because this is where people in my audience stick time and upfront capital. Like how do I, how do I get enough money to get started? And this is a way to get you started, um, and also manage that time. Is there any last little bits of advice that you'd like to give someone that might be in that nine to five thinking to themselves, I want to get out yeah, of the nine to five. Keep going. <laughs> I know we can always keep going, right? Yeah, the so a couple other models, right? So the buy low, sell high model, um, I love it. The um, probably the other areas of low hanging fruit that I see for people in uh, nine to five would be taking advantage of the 
quote unquote sharing economy, the um, what I see is kind of a, a renaissance of peer to peer commerce and Amazon and eBay is certainly a part of that. Mm. But this would be, you know, your Uber drivers of the world, your Airbnbs hosts of the world, your uh, caviar delivery people of the world. Like mm-hmm, I even mm-hmm. met a guy who sent me a note and said, I want to make 10 grand this year uh, dog sitting on rover.com and dogvacay.com, which is like both of these sites are like Airbnb, but for dogs. And I was like, <laughs> are you kidding me? That is nuts. And it's just like, you know, these, these opportunities that come up and there's, you know, there's one of these platforms for anything imaginable. And it's just really kind of cool to see, you know, the opportunities that, that they've opened up. So really low hanging fruit. My Uber driver in Chicago, you know, put it this way. When I want to make money, I turn on the app and he was between jobs and just, hey, you know, I'm going to go out and drive. I'm going to do something proactive to, uh, to earn a few bucks. And then That's the great. other side is, you know, the kind of the freelance model where it's like, you've got some skills, you know, what problems can you solve for people? The couple of platforms that I like for that one is, uh, clarity.fm, which is just a by the minute consulting platform, I guess, where if you're looking for help in topic XYZ, you can find experts related to that area. Um, it's not a huge amount of money, but brings in a few hundred dollars a month, at least in my case, so you could set, you know, your hourly rate, whatever you want to. But the, the cool thing about it versus someplace like Upwork is there's a, uh, a floor to the rates. And I think it's 60 bucks an hour versus, you know, Upwork's global minimum wage of $3 an hour or whatever it is. Um, so I like that one. And then the other platform that I'm still kind of excited about is Fiverr, um, mm. <laughs> the, the $5 marketplace. The reason I like it is you know, they've really upped their game the past few years in increasing the average order size because, I mean, they take a cut on every sale that comes sure, through there. Sure, um, So it's in their best interest to have bigger packages too, but they've kind of allowed you to add different tiered pricing packages to your offer. They've allowed you to do custom quotes up to $10,000. And so it's a really interesting platform that doesn't involve any bidding. And I think you can find a right niche or put your, you know, service or product or even product, you know, I've sold digital products on there as well. Uh, a pretty, a pretty fun way to, to ring the cash register. Yeah, no, that's uh, that, those are some great ideas. Uh, again, uh, I, I think people just have to think a little bit outside the box, depending on where they are. And again, it's I mean, some people listening are are already kind of up and running in their business, but they want to add another revenue stream. These are other ideas of different revenue streams. And I mean, I know myself, I don't want to be be dependent on one revenue stream ever. Um, so I look at these as opportunities and things that you can fall back on. I actually did my episode 300 and I talked all about my my story. Actually, I had my uh, one, one of my business partners uh, interview me on the show, kind of going through my journey and kind of what I learned also going through this whole podcast thing. And the one thing that he asked me was like, why do you think that you've been able to you know, try these different businesses. And even though you were scared at times, like, why were you able to do it? And I didn't realize it until we actually went through it. It was kind of like a therapy session in a sense. (laughs) And I'm like, you know, I don't really know, I guess, because I've always had a safety net in my mind that I could always go back to the thing I just left where I was leaving. So if I was a construction worker, I could always go and start building houses for people or doing remodels. Um, After my photography, if I, if that didn't, the next thing didn't work, I could always go back and start taking photography or, you know, take, taking pictures again for, for people in different industries. Um, but I never had to, but if I had to, I could. So I've always set up these little safety nets in my mind that allowed me to say, I'll give it a try. And if it doesn't work, I can always go back, but it's also built, 
you know, my skill set because every time you do something and even if it doesn't work like you, you've tried things, it doesn't work. Doesn't mean you, that doesn't mean it didn't yield you, um, you know, assets because you, you're, you're gaining that knowledge of that marketplace or of that system or that strategy. And now you can adapt that to the next thing, or you can be the consultant that maybe your business model didn't work, but you know, you know, someone else with a better story around that. And then you can be their, you know, their consultant or whatever. Um, so there's just so many different ways that you can do it. I love the, the, uh, the Uber driver too. Like if you want to earn some money like cat, like really quickly, just become an Uber driver and like turn on the app and you can start making money. And even though it might not be great, great money, it's money. Um, and then you just, uh, you know, reinvest that into your, into your business and your ideas. I love it. Uh, this has been, this has been great. Any other last tips? I mean, you, you kind of seem like you're full of them. Any last tips before we do wrap up? Or are we well, good? I'm, or you got I'm, more? I'm downloading uh, episode 300 right now, so I can check that out. But I, I love that. You know, picking what's next doesn't mean picking what's forever. And yeah. If anything, like it's been an evolution. And some of my best ideas have come from, you know, just little side thoughts out of fail, failed projects. So. Um, yeah, yeah. I love that. Last last bit of tip, you know, we'll piggyback on that is, you know, think like a scientist. Put on your experimenter's hat and it kind of gives yourself the permission to to fail in a way. You know, don't make a bet you can't afford to lose, but you know, that's that's what all of this stuff is. That's what Scott's been doing, that's what I've been doing for years. Is, you know, just a series of little experiments and we don't know like we don't have the magic formula. We don't know what's going to happen at the end of it, but you know, we're better off for for having tried it. Yeah, that's great. Little experiments, right? And it's funny because that the, the little experiment that I ended up doing that that kind of uh, showed me that that you know that business model could work was you know Amazon. I I tried doing that and it worked, and you know, and then that brought me to the podcast and sharing what I was doing, and here we are. And you know, it's like it's just crazy how things just all start to kind of fit together from different experiences. And there's things that I did before that brought in money that I'm not doing anymore, but it still brought in money then, and that helped me get to where I. Am today and um, yeah, so I agree, man. There's there's a there's a ton. I'm sure we could talk another three hours on this stuff because it's just it, you know, there's so much that we can do. But again, a lot of times people get overwhelmed. That's the other thing that I find. So I want people from this episode, from your knowledge and the things that you shared today, I want people to really take away the time thing, right? I want people to understand that we all have the same amount of time, but really do an audit on your time. Like do that. Like you can do that instantly. It doesn't cost you a penny to do it. Just do it. It's going to, you know, maybe you're going to, you know, say to yourself, holy crap, I can't believe I'm spending that much time on these certain things, but that's okay. It's awareness now. And then the other thing is, is if you are wanting to create your own little side business or side hustle to get some income or get some income coming in so you can then invest in, in what you really want to invest in, then pick one of these business models and give it a shot. These one, you know, try a little experimenting like, uh, you know, like Nick had said. So I love it, Nick. I want to just thank you again, man. This has been awesome. I'm sure we'll have to have you back on, do an update. Maybe you can give us some new side hustle ideas maybe that you've come up with. Um, I'm loving uh, these these guests that you can maybe introduce me to you as well. I mean, I love the the flea market flipper. I love the name. It's amazing. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I just want to thank you once again. I truly appreciate each and every uh, thing that you shared here today. And I just want to say thanks for coming on and, and t- taking the time out of your day. Well, you bet. You bet. You bet. Thanks for having me. 
All right, so there you have it. Another great interview, conversation, whatever you want to call it. I just love this podcast for a lot of different reasons. One of them is because I get to sit down with people like Nick and pick their brains and then share it with you, and we all get to learn together. And I know myself personally, I'm going to go back, reevaluate my days, do a little bit of an audit, and see where I'm wasting time because I know even though I get the privilege of working from home every single day, I know that I'm probably letting some time slip away that I could be focusing on something or things that are more important and structuring that better, and I'm going to do that myself. So that's one thing. If you guys are are at all serious about starting a side hustle of some kind or, or a side business, you want to definitely see where you can fit that into your schedule without it also getting into your personal life because sometimes that can be a challenge, right? Now, I did want to give a little shout out to Nick and if you guys want to go over and check out more of Side Hustle Nation, just head over to SideHustleNation.com. Check it out. He's got some really cool resources there. A great guy, like I said, maybe reach out to him. Let him know that you heard him on the podcast and that you really appreciate him taking time to share his wisdom and his knowledge with us on this episode. If you guys want to download the show notes and the transcripts to this episode and everything we talked about, any links, they will be over at theamazingseller.com forward slash 311. That's 311. So definitely go check them out. Again, that's theamazingseller.com forward slash 311. The last thing I would like to do is remind you very quickly that if you are interested at all at getting started with us in the 1K Fast Track, head over to 1kfasttrack.com. Get on that intro list. I am super excited to uh, to get started working on that, if you couldn't tell already. All right, guys, I'm going to let you guys go. You guys are amazing, and I want to remind you guys that I am here for you. I believe in you, and I am rooting for you, but you have to. You have to. Come on, say it with me. Say it loud. Say it proud. Take action. Have an awesome, amazing day, and I'll see you right back here on the next episode.